a pair of headphones to, uh, to listen to at the service today. So we're in a series called My Favorite Verse, and I'm excited about it. I like this series. And um, what we've been doing, what we're doing is we're talking about all of us. There's a couple people going to get a chance to preach, and they're going to share their favorite verse. Now, I think it's important. The reason we're doing this series is because we want you to have a favorite verse. We want you to learn your Bible. See, there's things that are in the Bible, first of all, that are nowhere else. They're copycats. They're things that people take from the Bible and try to try to flip it. There's also things that you think are in the Bible but are not. Can I tell you one of them? God helps those who helps himself. That is not in the Bible. Anybody ever heard that before? That's not in the Bible. That's not even true. That's not biblical. God helps those who helps themselves. When was the last time you could help yourself? If you could help yourself, you wouldn't need help. That's why it's called help, because you need somebody to help you. If you could help yourself, it wouldn't be called help. So there's a lot of things in Scripture that are for you. And I believe God puts things in Scripture that are just for you. It may not be for everybody else. It may be for you. And you're, if you're new to the Bible, don't feel intimidated. Don't feel intimidated. Hey, I don't know anything about the Bible. In fact, if you download our app, there is a Bible app right on there. And there's some Bible readings. You can start with some things. And so as we go through this series, we're going to share our favorite verses. And mine today, you might not think this is my favorite verse, but it is. It's one of those verses I learned as a kid in church. I went to church as a kid. And uh, I, I, we had to say this almost every time. There were two verses that we always said all the time. And this was uh, the other one. I'm trying to decide if I use my old school Bible or this one. I think I work with this one today. And it didn't, wasn't my favorite verse at first. But I'll tell you a little bit of a story. It happened when I was uh, 17. And that's why it became my favorite verse. So remind me to tell that story because I might forget. I didn't put it in my notes. It's Malachi chapter 3. Malachi is a very interesting book. It's the last book of the, of the Old Testament, right before you get to the New Testament. And it has this phrase, and it has this, this passage here that I like what God says. Here's what it says. Malachi chapter 3, verse, beginning at verse 8. Should people cheat God? Seems like an easy answer, right? Yet, this is, by the way, this is God speaking, God's perspective. Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? How could we cheat you? God doesn't make any sense. You have cheated me in the tithes and the offerings due to me. You are under a curse. That don't sound good. (laughs) For your whole nation has been cheating me. It is possible for a nation to offend God. It is possible for a nation to turn its back on God. Here's what he says in verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there would be food in my house, in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heavenly armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing 
so great you won't have enough room to take it. Look what God says at the end. Try it. Then I love what he says here. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of armies. Then nations will call you blessed. I've been called a lot of things in my life. People said a lot of stuff to me. And your land will be such a delight, says the Lord. Verse 8, uh, verse, end of verse 10 again. Try it and put me to the test. Let me pray one more time. Lord, thank you so much uh, for this verse and what it means to me. And I pray that I can communicate it today to those who are listening. And may they hear something that will change their life forever. May the decisions that need to be made for you be made. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So for those who are new today, one thing I don't talk too much about is money. Uh, We have a couple of different funny phrases around here. Uh, We say stuff like church better have God's money, you know, stuff like that. But I don't really talk about money. I don't talk about you should give to the church. I just, that's just never been my thing. I'm just not into that. I don't know who gives. I don't know who, I don't, I never see any of that. I don't, I've never seen the books. I don't know who gives and who doesn't. I just treat everybody like they give. That's just the way I am. But one thing that I do talk about all the time and we talk about is something called overflow. And overflow is basically being in a perpetual state of blessing. It means it's like a a vessel. It looks like a jar. Somebody pours water into, and it's so much water, it's just flowing and flowing out of the container, and it just can't be contained. And what I want you all to do is over your lifespan, begin to increase your container. Because we all got a container, and it may be overflowing. And you might be like, well, maybe this is the best overflow that I got. But God's like, no, I actually want to increase your container. I want you to be bigger and bigger and bigger. Some of you have amazing talents and skills, whether it's art, whether it's poetry, whether it's science, whether it's finances. You've got that thing. Everybody's got a thing. I know that about you. Everybody has got that thing. And you may feel like, you know what? My dream's over. The days have passed. But you know how good you feel when whatever that is you do? Even, and here's the thing. That thing about you, you can't, you can't put it away. Like as, as much, as, as busy as you are, you always go back to it every once in a while. Open it up. And those things that God put inside you, God's like, I want to bless that abundantly. Like I want to take that and expand that all over the world. Here's the interesting thing about God and being blessed. When he blesses you with something, he doesn't take it back. Especially a gift or a talent. And there's something, there's so many principles in the Bible. One of them is that you reap what you sow. Now, that is in the Bible. And there's a lot of people who are very talented, and you know it's a God-given talent. Like, it doesn't matter, you know, maybe it's a musician, and you may not like all of their music, and their music may not be for people that are under 18, but you recognize the gift, don't you? You know that person is talented and gifted. And they just figured out, if I reap, if I just pour in, I'm going to get what I sow. They just worked hard. 
And there's something different between being talented and working on your craft and being talented and being excellent and being talented and working on your craft and being blessed and being blessed with overflow. The Toronto Raptors are blessed with overflow. And they are taking down Goliath with one small, smooth stone called Kawhi Leonard. But I shall, I shall digress. I'm against empire and dynasty, unless it's my team, of course. Seahawks will come back one day. One day we shall return. But I'm about, I'm about being blessed. I'm about being blessed. And, and this is what I love about this particular verse. I, I want to be blessed. Because, like, blessed is just, it's a different thing. It's different when you're blessed. It's different when you're spoiled. It's different when you're the favorite. Ladies, it's different when you know you're shutting down the room. Let's just be honest, right? Makeup's on point. Nails are flawless. You know when you got it, ladies, don't you? Come on, be honest. It's okay. We in church. You know when you, you, know when you walk in the room and you got it. You know that. And it's just something about being blessed, especially when you're not, it's not about you getting the attention. You just know, I didn't, I didn't do anything to get this, right? Like, I just, I couldn't have got this if in my wildest dreams. Some of you are sitting next to people that you love, and you're like, you know what? Real talk, I don't deserve this person. Like, let's just be honest. And all the brothers, look, I'm helped. If you don't take this alley-oop, you better take it quick. You just look at her. You, <laughs> you just look at her and say, man, I don't deserve you. I just don't deserve you. This, God did this. You look at your kids, and you're like, they're successful. And they're doing well. You're like, you know what? I was a, I was a pretty, pretty sketchy parent. Let's just be, I, I, didn't, I wasn't very patient this week. And they still, I mean, I just don't deserve it. I just don't deserve it. And God has a way of blessing his children. And let me just tell you, you are his favorite child. I don't know how he does it, but you are his favorite child. And I just want to be blessed. That's what I want. I want to be blessed. And so let me just break down the text one more time, since it is my favorite text. God starts with a rhetorical question. He kind of just shouts this out. What a, now, now I, I got to be honest, I'm a little old school, okay? Grew up in church, and I learned this verse because they used to say it every, anybody grew up in a church, they said this every single week when they took the offering. And it was a little, I, had to, I have it in the King James. They were like, will a man rob God? Is that, that ringing a bell? Right? Such have you robbed me. Anybody know that from, from heart? Where have we robbed thee? Right? And tithes and his offerings. I used to be at this church, and the person would say, would a man rob God? And this lady in the front would say, yes, he will. I know he will. I've seen him do it. <laughs> so, so he basically he says, look, should people cheat God in this version? Yet you have cheated me. How in the world do we cheat God? You ever been cheated? Seems like if, if somebody's been cheated, they weren't too, you know, they kind of were deceived. And God's like, you kind of you deceived me. You, you kind of running a little bit of a, a robocall scam on me. So, something ain't right. Could you actually cheat me? And we're like, now, God, come on. How can we cheat you? 
right? How can we do this? You, you know, you, you're everything. You know God. You're God. You know everything. What are you talking about? How can we cheat you? God is like, look, let me, let me break it down how you can cheat me. You have cheated me of the tithes and the offerings due to me. So you, something's, something's going wrong with the tithe and the offerings. He says, now you're blessed. You're cursed with a curse. Now, that would be the, another version says, you are cursed with a curse. That sounds even worse. <laughs> I'm going to curse you with a curse. Like, what are you talking about? Your whole nation has been cheating me. This is what he says. Look, this is what I want you to do. I want you to bring all the tithes into the storehouse, the storehouse, the warehouse, right? I, I want you to bring the tithe into Costco. I want a Costco here so that there will be enough food in my temple. And if you do this, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven for you. Have you thought about that? I'm just going to venture to say that heaven's got a lot of resources. Can we just venture to say that there's some money up in heaven? Now, it doesn't say money specifically, but it does say blessings. And how many of you know that blessings are not always financial, right? It's not always something that tangibly comes to you. And as you're thinking about it, as you're, I know you're probably processing through, shoot, did I, did I tithe? Wait a minute, pastor. I don't tithe. I don't give. I, I want you to just follow me because I want you to know that God is just not really after. He's, he doesn't feel like you owe me some money. I want to break this down so you can really understand. First of all, why this is my favorite verse and what God is trying to say. He says, I'm going to pour out a blessing so great you won't have room to receive it. That's overflow. Now, now listen to the heart of God. God's saying, I'm going to bless you so much you can't even take it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you so much it's going to be overwhelming to you. You're going to try to figure out what am I going to do with these blessings. Here's what I want to tell you. I believe that's the way God blesses us every single time. I believe he blesses us so that we'll have overflow. Right? He blesses us more than we need for a purpose. Because he is a giver. He is a blesser. And the more we become like him, that's the way we become. That's the heart he gives us. It's not about how much. It's just that it's overflowing. It feels like it's overflowing. See, you may be like, well, I I need enough money that I can go out to eat every single day at lunch. Every single day when I go, I want to just take everybody out to work and I want to, you know, I'm at work and I want to pay for all the bills. I want to sign it. That, that's, that's balling. Please invite me. If the Lord is impressing you, please give me a text and I'll come for lunch. But isn't, isn't there something about your child or your spouse or your grandma just making you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and just putting that in your lunch? I'm talking about a grown, a grown person, like, a peanut butter and jellies. There's just something about it when someone does it for you in gratitude and in love. It's an overwhelming feel. It's a small thing, but it still feels like it's overwhelming. And so what God is saying is like, I'm going to bless you with resources, 
and I'm going to overflow it. So here's what I want you to understand, that the tithe and the offering, what you're actually doing, I'll put this word on the screen, you're actually returning it to me. You're actually just returning what I gave you. So, so here's, here's what helped me. Here's what helped me. So, like, I remember when I was a kid and my mom would say, hey, Terrence, I want you. Actually, I remember a specific thing. She said, I want, I want to cook something for you. And she was like, man, I want to make something real nice for you. I was, I was like 13 or 12. Actually, I think it was my birthday dinner. So when I was a kid, I used to have the same thing for my birthday. I used to have a steak. Lima beans, which I love lima beans. I do. And orange sherbet. That was my birthday dinner. And I remember it was a birthday dinner, and she sent me to the store. And so she said, go to the store. Here's the money, and go get the stuff, right? And so what she would always say was, bring me back my change. Right? You know, bring me back my change. And... I remember, like, going to the store, getting the stuff, and it wasn't that much change. It was like, I don't know, a dollar, two, three dollars, whatever. And I was like, man, I wish I could keep this change. It's my birthday, right? It's my birthday. But I remembered that all the money she gave me was for me anyway. She was buying the food to bless me for my birthday. So why is it a big deal for me to give her the change? Right. So here's here's what changed my mind, because I realized it's one thing to spend my money. Like when you spend your money, depending on how you are, it's a little different. It's one thing when it's someone else's money. And what I made the switch was, wait a minute. So all of this money is not my money. All of the money that God gives me is his money. Okay. So all I got to do is take care of what he gave me. And if I take care of it and I'm grateful and I begin to put myself in position that I can increase that container, he, once I'm blessed and I'm, I'm flowing, he, I'm going to actually have more to manage. But it's not going to be my money it's going to be his money. So when I was 17, I was 18, um, I needed a car. I wanted a car real bad. And uh, I wanted to pay for my own car. Anybody like independent like that? Like I just going, okay. <laughs> I was like, I, I, my, I'm, I'm getting my own car, my own money. Nobody's going to tell me nothing. Like I was Old Town Road before that song came out. You took that from me. And I, I, I remember I was busting tables. I was working at Red Robin, man. Actually, I was 18. And I said, I want my own car. And I remember I was in church and somebody read that verse. And something clicked for me. Because it was like, okay, so if this is all God's money, then that means he's going to protect his money. Right? I was like, okay, so if this is your money, that means you have to protect it. And so I read that verse about, go back to... um. He says, when you bring it all, verse 11, your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe. In other words, in the agricultural culture, he's saying, I'm going to protect the crop. 
so that the crop can go bad. I'm going to make sure that there's no locusts, there's no flies, nothing's going to take the crop. So I was like, wait a minute. So every single dollar I make, you're going to protect it. And that was the first time I started to tie. Now, when I was, I had all tips, it was like all ones and stuff. I think I told the story, I'd have an iron and I'd be, I'd be ironing my money. Like I iron everything. I thought I was like Scarface, Tony Montana, you know, I was ironing my money. You know, I was doing all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and I remember I would count it out. I would count it out. I would count and, and I would count it and I would make sure that I put aside my tithe. And I remember I was talking to a person who was like my Sabbath school teacher, like a Sunday school teacher. He was, he was, I was telling him what I was doing. And he said, you know what? Um, you know what you need to try? I was like, what's that? He was like, you need to try taking your tithe and offering out first. So, so here, let me pause the story. So, and I'll put this on the screen. Here's what a tithe is. A tithe literally in the Bible is 10%, right? But, but it, it was 10% of the first fruits, right? It was like the crop that came first. It was the best. So God was like, what, you want, what I want you to do to me is return to me the first. So what I started to do was, before I even spent any money, before I got my check, because this is back in the day, we had to like actually get a check and go in the bank and cash it. I would take it out first. Instead of spending anything first, we still, I still do this to this day. If I get my paycheck before I pay one bill, the first thing I do is give us the first fruits. And I took that and I put it aside. And man, I would get more and more tips at work. And things just start going well. Now, I'm not saying it was like a, you know, I'm not telling you that that's going to happen to you. I hope it does. I believe it will. But for me, I was like, oh, wow, God's really blessing me. And then that same teacher, he started talking to me. He's like, how are things going? I said, man, I'm almost there. And I would be so proud. Man, I would love when offering came because I'd have my money and it'd be like all stacked. Then I got real crazy. I was putting rubber bands on it. I mean, this, this is my, this is, I'm just, I'm just telling you whatever. And I would turn it in. I feel so good. He's like, you know what? There's something else you need to think about. I was like, what's that? He's like, you know, when you look at the verse, it says, bring all the tithes. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm bringing all the tithes. I'm, I'm not holding the bag. He said, no, no, all the tithes. I was like, what are you talking about? He said, tithe is not just your resources. It's also your time. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. It's not just my resources. He said, yeah, let me show you this verse. So look at, look at this verse he showed me. Deuteronomy 8, I think it is verse 18. Where'd it go? Do not, it says, remember the Lord, your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant, which is a promise. He confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. What that promises was, when you go to the land, I'm going to bless you. So just remember, I'm the one who gives you the power to be successful. Now, it sounds a little better in this version, in the NIV. It says, remember the Lord, your God, for he is the one who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And confirms the covenant, so on and so forth. I said, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me it's the Lord that gives me the ability to gain wealth. 
Okay. So that means my intellect, my power, my strength, and my time is what he gives me. Think about it this way. When we get paid generally, at least when we start out, we get paid by the hour. Someone decides how much your time is worth. They say, for your time and your ability, you're worth this much. For other people who usually get paid more, your time and your ability is worth more. So some people will pay you by what you're worth, what they think you're worth. If, you're, if, you're not, if, you, if you haven't heard what God feels about you, you would think, well, I'm only worth this much an hour. But that's not really the, that you just agree to give that much time for that much money. But the ability to gain more wealth comes from God. So you might be at this spot in the company, but what you can do is say, if God gives me the ability to, to gain wealth, I'm pretty much in position to take anybody's job. I'm trying to tell you what, how this helped me. I'm pretty much in position because God can give me the ability to gain wealth even from this. And so at this level, I'm going to maximize it. I'm going to walk in like the CEO of the janitors. I don't have an attitude. I'm just going to walk in like one of these days I'm going to be the CEO. I'm going to show up on time. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to have peace. I'm going to leave it when I leave. You see what I'm saying? And so God gives the resource and the time. He's the one that gives me the ability. I should, I should write a new verse of the Bible or a new interpretation. Man shall not live by coffee alone. Right? Like, I, I'm tired of getting up and trying to make it happen. God's like, look, I'm going to bless you with resources. And so what I figured is, so that means I owe God some time. Yeah, so I tried it. I broke it down. I said, okay, there's 100, I think it's 144 hours in the week. Somebody is a math person, make sure I'm correct. 168, thank you, other. There's always somebody. 168. Now, if I took out eight hours a day to sleep, right? Eight times seven is what? 56. And I subtracted 186 from 56. Isn't that 144? That's true. Are you preaching my sermon, Elder? You're preaching my sermon. But if I were to start with that, if I were to start with that, if I went all seven days and I broke it all the way down, I believe I said I had 144 waking hours. Is that right? And then if I cut the Sabbath off, just like he said, the Sabbath doesn't belong to me. So if I just went six days, and you start doing the math and you do a 10% of that, that would be 1.4 hours a day. Right? Am I, on, am I still on there, Elder? 1.4 hours a day. So I said, what would it look like if I gave God my first 1.4 hours of the day? My best. Now, sometimes in the morning, that's not your best. 
Okay. I know somebody told you, <laughs> wake up and spend an hour with God in the morning. Don't do it. If you're not a morning person, don't do it. You will be watching cartoons and ESPN and you'll be done. God's like, what happened? You just close your eyes. Amen. It's been an hour. I got to go to work. <laughs> but, but what's your best time? What's the time that you're cruising? Because see, it all connects. Because think about if you see, here's what, here's what the devil wants to do. And I'm closing this sermon. Somebody can play the, the stuff. And I got, yeah, I got told you the story. I already told you the story. So, so, so God, what Satan wants to do, here's what he does. He steals, he kills, and he destroys. He steals, it's when he wants to steal, your best time. He wants to steal the best years of your life. He wants to steal the best years of your marriage. You ever wonder why high school kids, 18, 20 years old, 24, that period is so stressful. It's so much trial. It's so much up and down. Things don't connect because that's your best years. For some, that's, that's the years he knows. If I can interrupt this pattern, if I can introduce alcohol, if I can introduce drugs, if I can put some stuff in this and mess it up, I can mess them up. But if you see, okay, wait a minute. This is all yours, all your time, all your money, everything. If I give you that time and I'm open, perhaps that's the time that he's going to stretch my ability to gain wealth. Here's what I learned when I started tithing. And I, I put like a really simple breakdown on the board, right? If I, if I made $2,000... I would take $200 out. And then I like to give an offering. It ranges between 5 and 10%. Just being completely honest with you. I, we give, my wife and I give 20% off the top. We give 10% tithe, 10% offering. We've been doing it ever since we've been married on a pastor's salary. Just right off the top. I'm not talking about the net. I'm talking about the gross. This is what we do. You got to do whatever God leads you to do. Sometimes you just got to start. This is what it did. It immediately taught me how to budget. It helped me break unhealthy patterns. Because back in the day, I go in the club and I thought I was Tupac, right? I'm buying the bar. All I, you know, shots on me. I did all of that. I was generous when it came to that. Hey, man, can I get a ride? Hey, man, can you help me move? Right? All of that stuff. I was doing that. And I said, okay. So that means if I'm going to work with this 80, I don't have money for this. Are you feeling me? Huh? God, God would take out, you ain't, got, you ain't got money for that. And here's what I realized. I started to live blessed. I started to feel better. I didn't need to, to go and self-medicate myself. There was just, and then I started to see God's blessings. Look, so y'all know tomorrow's my birthday too, right? Tomorrow's my birthday. Praise God. Look, I'm 42 years old. I am 40. I still got hair. Look, y'all. Y'all better stop playing with me. A brother still got a high top, Okay. I feel like I still look young. I, I have some vitality and some vigor. I'm just telling you, I don't know how God does it, but I know when I'm blessed. 
I know when I feel, I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on God. When I realized it started small, yeah, it's my resources. Yeah, it's my time. And then it got to me. And God was like, can I, can I trust you with you? Because you're the one that I'm building up. You're the one I want to use to bless people. It's not just financially. It's not just a metaphor. It's who you are. And if you can get it to yourself to the point to realize you are a son of mine. And one day inheritance comes. One day when Jesus comes, we're going to be balling out of control. When we get to heaven, we're going to see wealth untold. These shoes will literally be solid gold. I'll be walking around like this. Man, Jesus... Ooh, these shoes are tight, man. Solid gold, huh? Wow, I see you, God. Right? Like, my whole outfit's going to be solid gold. I can, I can wait for an inheritance. But right now, I want to be a blessing. Because God's like, I want to bless people abundantly. So this is what I'm going to do, Terrence. I'm going to give you so many gifts. I'm going to give you so many things. And it's not for you. It's for God's people. And I'm going to bless you and I'm going to exalt you and I'm going to build a platform for you and I'm going to send you all over the world and I'm going to put you in this church called New Movement that's going to change the complete history of a city and there's going to be people there and they're going to catch it and this place is going to be so abundantly blessed. People are going to try to find out what are y'all doing? It's because we've decided that it all belongs to you. I need to close. I don't even think I, did I have another point? Said, yeah, I don't forgot. I'm just, I'm just so excited about being blessed. I'm just so excited about being a blessing. It feels so good when I can save my money. And I don't even know how I still have money. You can ask my wife, how in the world, do, how does this work out? It doesn't make sense, but it feels so good to bless people. It feels so good to show up. I'm not talking about money, to show up and be present and be there for people and I'm not looking over my shoulder and I'm not worried and I'm hanging my head because I know I'm being a blessing God says to end, that's what I wanted to end it with God said in verse uh, 10 at the end of it I'm going to close with this he says I will pour you out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to receive it he says try it he says, put me to the test. Now, I grew up on the south side of Minneapolis. Now, it's not like the south. Well, it, any south side is the south side or the east side. I grew up on the south side. And I, I heard somebody say, you want to try me? Right? Put, put me to the test. Now, here's the, way, here's the way black people would say it. They would say it like this. I wish you would. Anybody ever anybody heard that? I, you know, like, did you, you really want this to happen? No, no. I, I wish somebody would say something to me. That When you hear somebody say that, you just need to get your phone out. Get ready to call 911. Somebody's getting ready to be hostile. I wish somebody would come up to me and, and fill in the blanks. God is saying, just like this, I wish somebody would try me. <laughs> I, I wish somebody would put me to test, to the test. I wish somebody would say, well, I gave you this and you didn't bless me. No, you return that tithe and why? 
watch what I'll do. I'll put so much blessing on you can't even move. I will shower you with blessings so much. I dare you to put, I dare you to test me. I dare, I dare you to, I wish somebody would get crazy about giving me an hour and a half. I wish you would give me an hour in the morning. I'll change your life. I will change the direction. I will change your marriage. Your wife wouldn't be able to keep her hands off of you. You get, I'm telling you, you give me one hour in the morning, see what will happen. Give me an hour and see how your body would change. Give me an hour, see how I'll flip all those bill collectors around. You can call them and cuss them out. See what I will do if you test me. Just test me. I want to challenge you with that. Put God to the test. Put God to the test. I think that's what Trinidad James was trying to say. He said, gold all on my reins. He was bragging about his money. Gold all on my chain. Gold all over my watch. This is rap. This is for the young people. Ain't for y'all. I like what Trinidad James said. Don't believe me? Just watch. So I wish somebody would today. Try God. Not just, you, you, you see, that's where you got to start. You got to start with your heart. That's what God wants. He don't want the money because the money is his money anyway. He just gives it to you. And you're like, cool, God, I got paid. It's my money. You're like, yeah, whatever. It's not really your money, but go ahead. I can give you a whole lot more. But it's cool. Take it. God's like, I want your heart. Because if I got your heart, Jesus says, your treasure is laid up in heaven. Where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. God's like, I just want your heart. So let me pray. Let me close today. Thank you for letting me take so much time to talk about my favorite verse. Father, I want to pray for someone today. And I thank all those who came for the first time. And I pray that, Lord, you would bless them to know how much you want to bless them. Lord, I pray that you would forgive us for living lives of scarcity, for living lives that we feel like, well, this is just enough. This is just the best I'm ever going to get. Father, I pray that you will break down those lies right now. I pray for anyone who's stuck in addiction, anyone stuck in bondage, anyone who's unhappy, anyone who's depressed, Lord, would you speak to them and tell them that this is not the best for you. My best for you is so much better. And I pray for days that someone would give their life to God, that they would say, Jesus, I need you, and I want to give you my heart, maybe for the very first time. And Lord, would you take it, and would you change their lives forever? Lord, we praise you. We thank you for your abundant blessings. And Lord, maybe we leave here today thinking about how can we return to you what you've already given us. It may be finances. It may be time. It may be just returning to our children, our families, and giving them just a little bit more of our time today. Lord, bless us. May we be challenged by this. May this sermon just just terrorize them every single day in their minds. Just my voice just piercing through their brains every day, all day, until they get it. That you want to bless them so much they can't even receive it. We love you. We thank you for the blessings we have already. Lord, there's so many times I could have been dead. So many times I could have been shot. So many times I could have been in jail. So many times I could have blow, blown everything and messed everything up. But your grace and your mercy just kept on covering me. And you blessed me over and over and over again. I'm so grateful, Lord. I'm so grateful. 
Lord, we love you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Anybody just want to take an opportunity to say, thank you, God, for blessing me. Thank you, God, for pouring your blessings out on me. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. But you're so good. God bless you. Praise God. What a refreshing and just great reminder.